So wow. now you know tonality, now it knows your voice, now you've got concepts and you can go back to a filing cabinet and be like, can you write me this specific style of thing? Yeah, you, you're going places now. Welcome to the Agency Hour podcast. This week, we're joined by list master and rainmaker Jules Dan. Jules is our copywriter, our copy strategist, our certified list manager, if that's a thing, and he will hopefully eventually train ChatGPT to do his job for him. In this episode, we discuss cloning my voice with additional Jules-isms, the idea of ChatGPT replacing us, the four principles to making ChatGPT sound good, and how to cash in on the ChatGPT gold rush. I'm Troy Dean. Stay with us. Jules Dan, welcome to the Agency Hour podcast. How are you, brother? Oh, it's round two. Thank you so much for having me on, Troy. It is. It is round two. Very few people get invited back, mate. In fact, I'm going to have to have a bit of a word with security because I don't know how you got through the door. Um, Now, for those that don't know, who are you and what do you do here with us? How do we know you? What's the context? Yep. So um, I've heard a good lesson that's to label yourself before other people label you. Mm. So I am the list master and rainmaker at Agency Mavericks. I also, in most boring terms, if you're a commodity, is that I would manage people's email list, um, but I'd, but uh, I want to call it something more sexy. So, Great. basically, I work behind the scenes, and Troy has lifted the veil before in the past, but um, I basically have cloned uh, Troy's voice and turned them into nurture campaigns for our email list and also for our Facebook group, Digital Maverick Facebook group, and... Yeah, I help bring in leads with email and copy and anything launch related. So uh, there's a lot that I do behind the scenes. But um, yeah, does that, does that sort of circle It does. what you think I might do? Yeah, I had someone ping me recently in Messenger saying, hey, dude, who's writing the posts in your group? Uh, it doesn't it's, doesn't sound like you. And I said, uh, go mm-hmm. back and watch this episode or listen to this episode of the podcast where I outed myself. What happens is, so, and also just so everyone else listening knows, Jules isn't just making stuff up and sending emails and posting in the group willy-nilly. I send Jules Voxer messages throughout the week. We hang out when he's in Melbourne. He comes into the studio and we hang out and he interviews me. Well, not interviews, but we have conversations which you record on your smartphone and then you transcribe that stuff and you – so all of the stories and the words that are going out in the emails and the and the posts come from my experience and my stories, but I'm not actually doing the one writing it or scheduling it. You bring your expertise and your copywriting formulas and your experience into the content, but it's not like you're just making up a story that I know nothing about. I just want to be clear and transparent with people. Exactly, yeah. I might bring my own Jules-isms onto the table and that's why I might be thinking hey it's like young people but uh for the most part I think I think most people it's you Troy because we get love letters sometimes and I think that's kind of cool we do and also I have a a buddy of mine who (laughs) is uh he's in his mid to late 50s and he works at a large agency and he comes from he used to work in advertising in New York in fact he worked with um, the guy, Lee, whose last name I can't remember, he was the guy that basically came up with the Think Different campaign for Steve Jobs at Apple, right? And my buddy worked under him at an agency. And uh, Rich pinged me recently and he said, dude, the posts in your Facebook group are awesome. I find myself stopping and reading the entire post. Like 
that's, oh, that's really great. And I'm like, yes, I'm not doing that, mate. I, that's Jules. He's doing that. And he said, well, he's an asset. Hang on to him. And I said, yes, we are. Get your hands off. Um, so <laughs> that's good to know. Thanks. Yeah. And this is from a this is from like an old school advertising dude who's got like been through that whole machine. So, um, and also, it's not like I don't, I just don't have the concentration span to do that, right? I can talk, but to sit down. I don't know. Something weird happens when I sit down and look at a computer. My brain just goes to mush, and f- also, opposite, f- also like- formulating it into a into a Facebook post. Like I'm just like stick yeah. a camera on, put a microphone in front of me, and I'll talk. But writing it into a post which is engaging with the right spacing and emojis and all that kind of stuff, I just don't have the attention span for it. Yeah, which is yeah. why you're here. Well, you've got the power of video, which you've got camera presence, which you know a lot of, not a lot of people. Like when most people start their YouTube channel, it's it's a bit cringy, but um, no, mm. you've got that nice for your presence. So mm. We compliment each other. Yes, that's Dude. right. We're sticking, sticking our sweet spot. Now, it, we, it, the, it, the title of this episode, mm-hmm. I'm led to believe, was not written by ChatGPT. No, but I, the read, title, I made it up. <laughs> you, wrote, you wrote this yourself. It's the ChatGPT Bonanza. Is it how to make bank with ChatGPT? How to- how to cash in on the AI gold rush. <laughs> How to cash in on the AI gold rush. I love it, love it. Um, now, I full transparency as well. I have been and still remain a little bit sceptical of chat GPT, not of the technology itself, but people are running for the hills going, oh, my God, I'm going to be replaced by chat GPT. I've seen the same thing happen with page builders, mm-hmm. web designers like, well, if page builders are so easy, then I'm going to be replaced. I've seen the same thing happen with Jasper when it came out or Jarvis or whatever that thing's called now. Um, you know, well, this copywriting is going to replace me. I've seen this happen a lot. I'm not. I'm impressed by ChatGPT, but I don't think it's going to revolutionise and replace people the way that they think it is. So, And I've been educated by you around how to actually use this thing and I'm finding it amazing. Like it's really good. Um but you have a very particular take on this. Maybe just I'll just tee you up and you can kind of say, like, why have you gone all in? Because here's the thing. A new piece of technology mm-hmm. comes across mm-hmm. our desk like this and you make a decision, don't you? You go, well, I can just ignore this and it will go away. Or like like Clubhouse did. Remember that? Remember Clubhouse? Everyone, that's sad. Like everyone cloned them or it just became irrelevant. Oh, my God. I mean, I just I, I logged in once and went, this is bullshit, and just got out and ignored it and it went away. But some things you ignore and they don't go away, right? Like mm. herpes. <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry. Can't, can't believe I just said that. Uh, um, <laughs> so why, why did you – hey, I moved house yesterday. Let's I'm underslept. Let's get back on I'm track. underslept. <laughs> Why did you decide to not ignore ChatGPT? I knew I knew there was potential in it, and at the same time, it was hard to steer it in the way that I wanted to. I, I saw, I went through all the Facebook groups. I went through different people being like, "Look at this! Look at what it can produce!" And then maybe like you, I was like, "Yeah, look, it's not that good, you know. Like, it's okay, but I could write better." Um, and the story is that. So with Sales Accelerator, when you come in, a way for us to help you get leads really quickly is uh, through our special methods. And it's like no secret. It's it's a Facebook lead ad, which then we teach you how to then close those leads into a paid discovery workshop, which is what we call Get Paid to Close. Now, the issue is that 
what if you've never written an ad before? Well, that's why we've got this ad writing workshop. I've run, I've got some people come in, so I've got people come in, they submit their ad, I critique them, I give them some feedback to make them better. And some people got the advice and were like, great, and then just started running the ads. But some people never written copy before, maybe aren't uh, versed in persuasive writing and it felt like the next time they submitted, it was the same or the next few submissions I all got were exactly the same. It was just not good. So I was like, how do I speed this up so that I can give people a first draft that's good enough, like a B, B plus level, mm. and then we can come back to the workshop and I'll make it into an A, A plus, and then we can go from there. And that's when I got busy. The problem was that, I think maybe you can find this as well, Troy, is that if there's just too much stuff going on your day to day, it's hard to just immerse yourself and get really stuck into it so mm. i went down to the beach for a week and i said the only thing i'm doing is understanding chat gpt and that's what i did so every single day from about 5 a.m until night i was just testing 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 different ways so that you could make it um not sound bad and actually give it something give you something helpful and a reverse engineered a way so that you can get chat gpt to give you somewhat of a good first draft and from there, I'm like, okay, well, this is just the beginning because I've given it some pretty primitive prompts. Like, what if I go deeper? And um, there's, I found there's four principles to make it sound mm. somewhat good. Mm. I'm sure there's going to be more principles later. But if you've ever wondered, because it really is, if you've seen some of the messages, it says, are you struggling with like, or do you find? And it's like, does this sound like a late night infomercial for the ShamWow or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's what, and that's, I think when I first started using chat GPT before I knew how to prompt it, before I started hanging out with you, I was getting the same kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, this just, it does. It sounds like a, in Australia, we have a guy called uh, Tim Shaw. He's the Demtel man. And he was the one that was famous for saying, but wait, there's more. And uh, that's kind of how it felt. I'm like, well, this is, if you, sure, if you don't write, if you've never written content, this might be fast, but it's, shit it's not i wouldn't publish it yeah. right it's not very yeah. good it's a bit embarrassing exactly. so exactly so four principles mate sounds like a checklist or oh, sounds like a framework um do you want to kick us off should i ask you what the first one is uh we can do that sure should we I mean, actually before we do that who who is this right for who is like just talk to me a little bit about who you think people listening to this if they are still listening and haven't tuned out after my bad dad jokes uh, and they're sitting there going, well, I've already like, who do you think can just ignore this? Well, if you don't have your own business, then maybe. Mm, okay. If you, sure. If you're, selling, yeah, sure. If you're selling, if you're selling stuff, if you're delivering stuff for clients, mm -hmm. is this is some, is some piece of marketing that you could use to make this better? Um, you say, who is it not for? Who is it for? Same. Well, one on the same, really. Like, like yeah. if someone, I always like to think. I always say, you know, um, if you're already doing X, Y, Z, then you can ignore this, right? So, so for an agency who comes into our world, I would say, look, if you're an agency who's already doing a hundred thousand dollars a month and you're not working in the business at all, then you can probably. I mean, we we could hang out and have a chat. And you could probably learn some stuff, and I can help you understand what to do next. But that's really where we get agencies too. Like we we help agencies get to seven figures a year and not be stuck in the business. So if you're already there, maybe you should go hang out in another mastermind, right? So if you're already 
if you've already got all your content dialed in, you've already got your sales copy dialed in, you've already got, and you've streamlined the process and it's not taking you any longer than five minutes a week, then you probably don't need to listen to this because it sounds like you've already got it nailed, right? So mm-hmm. by saying who it's not for, I guess I'm trying to paint a picture of what life could look like if you use this and if you get it dialed in. Yeah, okay. I'll ask some like more other questions like, are you consistent with your content? That's what most people are not consistent with their content. Mm. Like, do you have issues coming up with fresh ideas? Mm. That, that's another thing. Mm-hmm. Do you find it hard to maybe write content that speaks to a customer pain point because you might be guessing? Mm-hmm. That's another one. So mm. these, these are tools that I've found that ChatGPT can help you with. It's not the BLN all. I'm not here praising it because sometimes it can be wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think we found that on the last workshop that some of the details are incorrect. But for the most part, you know, it does give you good stuff. And it's just your job as the expert to be like, well, that's not correct. Mm. Um, But those three things I asked, I don't know where that came from. That was just downloaded. But Yeah, it's good. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Did you get that from (laughs) ChatGPT? Yeah, kind of. (laughs) All right, um, so principle. What's the first principle when okay. using ChatGPT to not make it suck and to actually make it useful? What's the first principle? First principle is that it has to analyze tonality. So it doesn't understand. If so, let's just say if every time I was going to ChatGPT and I said, "Write me a curiosity-based subject line or make this more funny or whatever else," it always gave me just a little bit better, but just not quite. But it understands concepts very well. And it understands if you feed it like a specific thing, it will give you uh, what the actual tonality is. So let's just say I type in, I've actually got the prompt here. So you would say something like, analyze the following text for style and tone of voice. Apply the exact style and tone of voice to all your future responses. And then you put in quotation mark, and then you put in your piece of copy. And then down the bottom, it's going to be like, it's going to say, this style of text is energetic and engaging with a playful and humorous tone of voice. Um, the tone is confident, enthusiastic with the author positioning themselves as an expert. So then what you can do is later you can be like, write me a Facebook post or something, something, something. And then we'll give you some garbled mess. And you could say, what happened to writing in a style that's energetic, engaging with a playful, playfulness of or a humor, or whatever, and you're getting it closer back. But the more you can get it to analyze a voice and give it a name, so at the start being like, "Hey guys, this is Jules," and then you open with your piece of content, and then it's going to tell you what the analysis is. And if you say, "This is how Jules writes," do you understand? I'm like, "Yes, I understand." Wow. So then so- you can start going down a rabbit hole like that. Wow. So, so you could effectively, you could effectively have different characters that you ask ChatGP to write. So you could say, write this piece of content in the voice of Dave the Pool Guy, because you've yep. previously trained it that that's how Dave the Pool Guy talks. And then you could also say, and also do it in the voice of Rose the Florist. Yes, definitely. It does take some maneuvering as well. Like it's not going to be perfect. And mm-hmm. this is like the second part, which I said, you have to keep steering it back on track because mm-hmm. it will it will always go off on tangents. So for instance, um, well, like I said before, what happened to writing like 
Troy, what happened to writing in an amusing and funny tone? Or And then you say like in the same prompt, rewrite this example. And it might not get it the first time, but the more you get it to like, can you get, can you please analyze this again? And it will like, yes. And it'll, please tell me what this piece of information is. And you feed it to it and you go and feed it and feed it and feed it. Now, what I found though, Troy, is that before you, before you want to let me go or whatever, um, <laughs> you try to give it an original idea. I'm like, okay, write in style of Troy. And this is what the email is about. It's still not quite there. But the reason mm-hmm. why I wanted to do this is because it's like, especially for emails, it's mm-hmm. like 50, 60%. For an ad though, it's actually, it's a lot better because it's shorter. You don't have as much advantage mm-hmm. to use personality and go mm-hmm. on a side story or whatever mm-hmm. because you can be more concise mm-hmm. and it's harder to be that more playful with an email, but you can get somewhat there using those first two principles. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So analyze tonality. So, mm-hmm. f- so give it a piece of content that you like the tone of. So, for mm-hmm. example, if you're working with a client, you could take a piece of content that the client's actually written themselves and is their personality and their tone of voice. You feed that to ChatGPT and say, analyze this, and let's name this Dave the Pool Guy. And ChatGPT will say, well, okay, this is written with this kind of authoritative but irreverent kind of tone of voice great, that's Dave the pool guy. And so in future, write with Dave the pool guy, right? Yep. So the second principle is you've always got to be bringing it back on track, a bit like human beings. You've got to be constantly kind of just redirecting them, redirecting their focus, right? Yeah, exactly. So I've actually got a, uh, a mini course on how this all works. And in, in the mini course, I give the analogy of like, ChatGPT is like a kid who wants a smack, but you can't say you want to smack your kid anymore. So it's like, it's like a Doberman because Dobermans need to be, um, know who's the boss and you can't be below the Doberman. So you got to give it a smack to like, let it know who's boss. Yeah. And, um, (laughs) it's funny. I talk to my kids about the old days when people used to hit their children. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) The days when I grew up, by the way, I don't know when it changed. Why did it change? Why did they take that away from parenting? Sorry. I digress. Um, all right. Principle number three. So let's recap here. Hang on a second. Mm-hmm. We're, we're getting ch- we're asking ChatGP to analyze tonality by feeding yep. it content. We're then redirecting it and keeping it back on track. Hey, what happened to writing like Dave the pool guy, right? Because yep. ChatGP yep. gets distracted like any good yep. human being with ADHD. And principle number three. Okay, sure. So this next part comes from experience. And this is where if you've had more time in the field, then you're going to have the upper hand over someone who's just – downloaded the 50 best prompts from some lead magnet, right? Mm-hmm. So I was a bit frustrated when I wrote, write me a curiosity pack subject line and make it exciting. And it gave me probably about, I would rate it three out of 10, three being terrible. Did you, know? you give it a, did you give it a topic or was it, was it just like, write me a curiosity based headline and make it exciting about? Oh yeah. Make it anything. exciting about, about, um, I don't know, generating leads or something like that. Right. And it was really bad, mm-hmm. but because I'm a student of copy and marketing persuasion and you know you might know concepts, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. for instance, I said, imagine you're a writer for the National Enquirer tabloid. You're gonna write me several curiosity pack subject lines. Each subject line should be oozing with excitement and controversy. And that made it probably like a seven to eight out of ten, those subject lines. Wow. So much better. Wow. Just because it knew the concept of National Enquirer. Wow. How how <clears throat> how 
I mean, if I just tell me how ChatGPT works. Like, is it just scra- is it just scraping? May I don't know content. I do not know. I do not know. Like if I, you, you know, you get ChatGPT says, "Do you know who Michael Jordan is?" and it says yes, and it gives you the whole download of Michael Jordan's life. Is that just scraping Wikipedia, or like, how does how is that? We, we don't know. It's I don't know. All I know is it's not connected to the internet for safety purposes, and they've fed it data up until twenty twenty. So from twenty twenty one to now, they've fed it data. Um, but in terms of the mechanics, yeah, wrong podcast guest. It's not connected to the internet. <laughs> no. You heard some stories of AI going evil or going communist or whatever. I've heard some yeah. stories of, I think, I don't know, what, I can't remember if it was Microsoft or IBM that were developing these Microsoft robots. Microsoft being, it went, it went weird. Right, and they shut it down because it started communicating to itself and the engineers couldn't. There was a story with two robots that were built and these engineers observed that it started inventing its own language. So it started communicating, the robots started communicating to each other I'm not talking about actual robots walking around like C3PO. Yeah, I'm talking yeah. about computer robots that started communicating with each other in a language that the engineers didn't understand. That's right? scary. But they realised there was a call and response going on and they couldn't decipher it and they realised that the robots were trying to communicate in in secret without the engineers knowing what was going on, that the robots were intentionally trying to subvert the engineers by communicating so they shut it down. They were like, fuck this. They it's turned scary. it off and went, stop. Right? So ChatGPT is not connected to the internet. I could be, that's what I've heard before from right. several sources, okay. but I right. could be wrong. Okay. So so the so principle number three, just, yep. just recap, principle number three is? Yeah. So the, the principle is to fine-tune prompts again and again, and if you can use your experience in a way so it can link with concepts, then you have the upper hand. I can't give you the concepts because your industry is different. Yeah. But National Enquirer, if you're a good copywriter, you know that's what a sensationalist article was. Yes. And it just grabbed people in because of, of those hooks. Mm. So the other day uh, I was playing around with ChatGPT and I was like, I wonder if it would help. I'm going to start a new YouTube channel. Uh, in a completely different um, uh, sector. But I was like, I wonder if it will help me. I wonder if it'll just fast track this, right? And so instead of saying, hey, write me, a, give me some ideas for a new YouTube channel based on blah, I said, can you help me write a YouTube strategy? Can you help me write a content strategy for a new YouTube channel based around music education? Mm-hmm. And it asked me some clarifying questions, which I was not expecting. It said, so I was, so instead of just going, Hey, bake me a cake. I said, Hey, can you bake me a cake? Right? So I wanted to know if it could do, or can you give me a recipe for a cake? And what it, so instead of just saying, Give me a recipe for a cake, I said, Can you give me a recipe? Like, is this possible? Can you, do you have the ability to give me a recipe for a cake? And it asked me some clarifying questions. It said, Yes, who's your target audience? Uh, what do you want them to learn? Uh, what is, you know, asked me a bunch of questions, which I answered, and then it wrote me a strategy for a YouTube channel, which was, I, I would it's sell crazy. that. I would sell that strategy to a client and charge them five grand. It was, in, it was incredible. But all I did was asked it first if it could do it and gave it an opportunity to ask me some clarifying questions, which I was not expecting at all. I, it was like I was having a conversation with a consultant, right, which kind of yep. blew my mind. Yeah. Um, 
And that was like, I feel, I feel like I was kind of pre-prompting it before I was just giving it the prompt. Like, write me a blog post on swimming pools. But instead I said, hey, can you write me a blog post about swimming pools? And it asked me, what type of swimming pool? Is it above That's ground? That's a way it? better prompt. Yeah, it was like, holy shit. Okay, so principle number three is refine the prompt based on your experience. Experience, and, yeah, and link it with concepts. Link so it with concepts. So you can understand it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this fourth part is you've got the good prompt. You've got maybe a good um, – you know how to analyze it. You've got a good prompt. You're steering it back on track. You've got some concepts. But at the same time, it's like it, where, do you, where do you give it data? Like it has to analyze data for it to understand how to write well. So uh, shameless plug. So this is what I show on my free mini course. So I actually give you some – um, high quality data. I tell you how to do it, Troy. So, mm-hmm. excellent. I've built this swipe file the last two years or so, or three years of like so many different marketers, right? And then I went through and like what la- what launches or what uh, like live events or what webinars did the best. And then I took some of their copy so you can analyze for yourself, and then so you can pop it in there without being like, where do I look? So that's inside um, my my little mini course, but. Back on point, if you're able to then, so here's the thing, right? Um, you got to feed it quality data because if you just go through all your content, like your last, every single broadcast email and you chuck it in there and say, analyze, 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 chances are it's going to give you some Frankenstein piece of copy because what's happening is that you're meshing it with a value email. You're meshing it with a, an email that leads to a podcast. You're meshing it with a launch and doesn't know specifically how to sift it like a filing cabinet. Like ideally mm. you want to give ChatGPT a filing cabinet so it can go, okay, today we're writing a value email. Today we're writing an email that goes to a blog post. Today we're doing a promotional style email. So if you have this data and you say, I want you to analyze these emails, these are value emails. The purpose of these emails are to do X, Y, and Z. Can you analyze these for me? Yes. And then you would feed it value-based emails and it knows how to do it. And then you would say, okay, good. Now you know that. We're going to cover how to write a promotional email. A promotional email should follow this structure. I'm going to feed you some examples. Are you ready? Yes. And you feed it some examples. And then so wow. now you know tonality, now it knows your voice, now you've got concepts and you can go back to a filing cabinet and be like, can you write me this specific style of thing? Yeah, you, you're going places now. Question that you probably can't answer. Yes. If I'm doing this with my chat GPT account and you're doing it with your chat GPT account, mm-hmm. is the data you're feeding it making my version of chat GPT smarter or is the data that I'm feeding my account exclusive to me? It seems to be like, okay, I don't know the answer, but it seems to be like a new thread is like a blank slate almost. Mm. But you keep, so I have a thread that I've been going and going and going because so just for context, Troy, Mm -hmm. I built six YouTube videos after I understand these four principles. I'm like, okay, how do I write bullets? How do I write a lead magnet? How do I write a Facebook ad? And because I kept it in the same thread, it got better and better and better each time because it was just learning from how Jules writes. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't write like this because I kept telling it like, stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, that, is that help answer your question? Mm, I don't know if it, it communicates between one account to another. Mm, um, what I'm finding is that when you start a new, 
like new chat, it's like a blank slate. Got it. So you keep that thread going. So if you were if you were doing this for clients, for example, if you were using ChatGP to develop content for clients, you might have a thread for each client. I would, yeah, probably yeah, do that. Okay, got it. Or well, you might yeah. have multiple threads for each client. Interesting. Um, how? What's the in your? So let's just recap the four principles. One yep. is. Uh, analyze tonality. Analyze tonality. So give it tone of voice to analyze. Two yep. is keep it on track. Just keep constantly bringing yep. it back on track. What, and the prompt is what happened to writing like. Got it. And then you would remind it. Number three is uh, I've forgotten. Fine, fine tune the prompts. Fine again tune again. the prompts again and, and again. Use concepts from yep. your experience. Use concepts from the real world. Okay. And then number four is give it quality quality data. Quality data. Um, so obviously like going to, you know, going to a copywriter's website and just swiping their copy and feeding that into chat GPT is going to give you, that's, a you know, that, that's going to give you a model, right? But it's not, it's going to give you their model. It's going to give you their tone. It's not, that's not, that might be a way to practice and experiment with chat GP, but it's not the answer. But that's their website, right? Yeah. You have to then go through their emails and sift what is value, what is promotional. You could do that, right? Mm. Or you could just sign up for my free thing and I've mm. done it for you. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. By the way, so where do people get where do people get the free thing? <laughs> okay, I, I've been plugging it pretty hard. So thank you for being patient. Oh, I've got pleasure. it in the chat. It's it's called um, julesdan.com forward slash four hour GPT cash campaign. Um, Love it. And it's just like a landing page. And um, it yeah, was written by ChatGPT. It was, <laughs> it was surprisingly not written by ChatGPT. In fact, GPT. the whole course is presented by an AI version of Jules that looks remarkably like me. Um, no, not true. Uh, so, julesdan.com slash four hour ChatGPT right, cash I'll put in the chat. something. I'll, we'll I'll we'll put, put a link in the show notes. So, just if you're listening to this podcast, stop what you're doing, open whatever device you're on. And click the link and go and download uh, Jules's uh, free course. Is it free mini course? It's a free mini course. Great, yeah, free mini exactly. course. Won't cost you anything except your time, and then so, you'll learn how to use ChatGP to save that time back. So there you go. Yeah, it's, a win, it's win, called. Win. It's by the way, it's called the Four Hour GPT Cash Campaign. So right, I can teach you how to create a, a campaign in under four hours, but the skill itself obviously takes a bit more than that. But as soon as you of learn course. the skill, yep. Yeah. Now here's the other thing: you've got to have a product to yes. be, a, and you've got to have a way an of audience, yeah, and right. an audience, and a way of accepting money. I see this happen all the time. People in the ClickFunnels Facebook group they they chime in and they go, "Right, I've signed up and I've built my funnel. Where's my money?" So, well, <laughs> hang on, dude. What do you? Where's your audience? What you don't even have a product yet, and you don't have a checkout plugged in. So you have no way of collecting money. You don't have a Stripe account. Like, come on, get your shit together. So, you've got to have a way of accepting money from people. I can't under. I can't. Overstate this, by the way, 97% of the population are employees. 3% are employers. So the way to collect cash from the 97% is to become one of the 3% and put up a cash register, otherwise known as a Stripe account or a merchant account. You've got to get that. Then you've got to have a product to sell and an audience to sell it to. Otherwise, you can't make any money out of this stuff unless you're doing it for clients. If your clients have product and audience and a way of accepting money, then great. You can use this and you can help them generate more cash and clip the ticket on the way through. Um, do you – so ChatGPT is is, mm -hmm. is written content, right? Uh, there's mm -hmm. also AI – Code. 
And code, yeah, and yeah. code, right? So it's still it's 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 ones and zeros, right? It's it's text based content. There is AI that's producing art. There is a yes, bunch of Dali, right? And there's a bunch of people using that for social posts now, right? Jasper is also doing right. There is. Um, I'm curious about video, and I know that there are companies working on this, right? I'm curious about video, audio, and music. Yep. Where do you where do you see AI going yep. in that space? Oh, it's, it's it's interesting, especially around authenticity, right? Who who made it, mm-hmm. and who's who's a fake, mm-hmm. or who's just changing it ever so slightly, where it doesn't seem so outrageous, but it's like it's like Animal Farm, where the pigs start changing the stuff slowly and slowly until they've just gaslighted everyone. Yeah. So that's that's super interesting. Mm. Um, I don't know if that's going to ha- I've just I don't know if I've given AI an idea or not. But uh, um, because but, because yeah. fast forward 3 years you could be following someone on social media, seeing their videos, listening to their audio, looking at their social posts, reading all their content and it might not be them at all. It might be it could be I mean that's the danger with with this technology, right, is that you could effectively replicate someone's identity and pass it off, pass them off as being completely yeah. authentic, but it's not. Or Homozy even said it can clone people who don't even exist. So there's like, you can actually do that. Yeah. And it takes all the best performing posts of someone who's controversial and then puts that into a content strategy and then they blow up, but they're not actually real people. Wow, I'm totally going to do that. I'm totally going to do that just to see if how far I can get away with it. Exactly. We, need to, we need to come up with a name of a fake character. That's that's great. I love it. I'm totally doing that. Dave the pool guy. There we go. Dave the pool guy. I'm going to be Dave the pool guy. That's great. For the rich and famous, I'm just the pool guy that serves the rich and famous in LA and I'll document my life. Yeah. That's And while great. there's an evil side to it, like if you're really smart and you've got skills in marketing, you could just create this fake persona or something and then, you know, help people out in the process. Mm. Um, but you don't have to be there present. You can, anyway, we're going off mm. the tangent there. but Of course we um, are. That's my job. <laughs> so what's the what's the business model behind, like as a, as a copywriter or a content mm. strategist or a – you know, like how – because you're about to leave the country and go off on a digital nomad year around the world, yeah. right? How are you yeah. planning on using ChatGPT as a freelance digital nomad? Uh, I still – I don't see it replacing me writing emails for you because – or other clients because it's like – let's just put it like this. If you've just had a story, right, there's lots of – like yesterday, there's Mm -hmm. lots of nuances and you've Mm -hmm. just told me that in the Voxer. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to be typing in all these things like and mention this and do this, by that time I've already told it all to do this, I could have just written the email, you Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. and I could have written the way I wanted it. Mm -hmm. Do you you think there's, by the way, I wouldn't give a shit if if you got it to this point. In fact, I would applaud you for getting it to this point. But do you think it's possible where, Mm -hmm. do you think it's possible where ChatGPT could and I, I'm not saying now, but I'm saying, do you think at some point in the future it's possible that ChatGPT sends me a message in Slack saying, mm. "Hey, dude, it's Jules. I need you to tell me what's been happening in the last seven days. Tell me an interesting story about this." I send the message audio message back in Slack, and an mm. AI reads it and writes the email, and you're not there anymore. I probably right. I, I won't. Probably. But yeah, I, I'll tell you why that. that's interesting to me because at that point, 
I'll tell you why, as a client, it's interesting. Because at some point, you are going to tap out, right? You're not there yet. But at some point, you will, you'll have so many clients, you'll be like, I can't do this anymore. I have to either put my prices up or I have to hire someone, right? The most valuable thing that you offer, I think, to me as a client is your ability to think strategically about what we should do next to add as much value to our audience as possible and convert a percentage of them into paying clients. If you're transcribing my stories and tapping away on the keyboard, that's time that you can't spend thinking and researching and learning and studying how to become a better list manager and rainmaker, right? So. Exactly. Right. Exactly, yeah. Um, So I'm encouraging you to replace yourself as much as possible with ChatGPT and figure it out. Um, You have to to refer me to more clients to do that. Okay, well, there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) go and get the ChatGPT four-hour cash campaign course, the free mini course from Jules Dan. There's a link in the show notes. Go and click it right now and download it. And then if you want Jules to do some of this for you, just reach out to him. He manages. So when we hired Jules, uh, which we've already spoken about this story, but uh, one of the things I said on a call was, Jules was like, well, this is what I do and blah, blah, blah. And I said, dude, you know what I really want? I want someone to come in and just own the list. Just own the list, right? Because we have so much value in our list. We have a great audience. We've got 10 years of goodwill in the community, great reputation. These people are signing up for our free mm-hmm. lead magnets and we're not giving them We're not treating them the way that we should be because we don't have anyone here to do it. I used to do it. It's kind of been handed around over the years. We need someone to come in and just take ownership of that. And so that's what Jules does now. And he's actually, you're a certified list manager, is that right? If that's a thing. If that's a thing, right. There's one guy on the planet who teaches how to manage a list and you went down that rabbit hole and studied and learned how to do that and invested in yourself and upskilled. Love it. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about the digital nomad thing, just so people can get an idea of what's what what that's okay. all about and what you're doing. I, sure, I got to wrap up in a few minutes, but sure. I'll be I'll be quick. So I actually learned this idea because I have my own podcast um, from a guest who was talking about digital nomadism, if that's a word, because mm-hmm. I was very curious about it, but I just didn't have, wasn't sure if it was right for me because it it sounds lonely, right? Mm-hmm. Going to one place and then moving and then there's no stability. Mm-hmm. And she talked about this community where um, it's remote workers, entrepreneurs or whatever, and you pay an organization, they're called Remote Year. There's other companies, but Remote Year's got the most mm-hmm. uh, reputation and um, good, good, good feedback behind it. Mm-hmm. And you basically pay them a month, monthly fee every single month you start in a new city or you yeah so you would go to a new city and they give you accommodation they give you uh your own room as well which is great um a shared working space so then you can work at like you bring your work basically mm. and you get to have that office vibes with everyone in your community but mm. also like space to do your work um you go to do cultural stuff they pay for your flights and <laughs> They organize a lot of it. It's kind of like a intrepid tool, but bring your bring your work, mm. I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so you can do that for one month, you can do it for four months, or you can do it for twelve. And I picked twelve because you know, why not? Wow, that's epic, dude! I'm so oh man, I can't wait. I'm living vicariously through you right now. Thanks. I have two kids under the age of six, so I'm not going anywhere right now. I'm not traveling the world like that. So send me lots of photos and videos, will you? Yeah, you can join me on Instagram. 
I'm rebooting my Instagram. Excellent. Love it. Hey, Jules, thanks for hanging out on the agency hour and, and uh, helping us understand ChatGPT. Good luck with the digital nomad, the remote year thing. Uh, love your work and uh, thanks for being a part of it. Oh, no worries. And thanks for having me on, Troy. Thanks for listening to the Agency Hour podcast and a massive thanks to Jules. We love everything you're doing here for us at Agency Mavericks and we're very excited to hear all about the upcoming travels with Remote Year. Don't forget to subscribe and please share this with anyone who you think may need to hear it and go and download Jules's free mini course on ChatGPT. Now, are you getting paid to close clients? Right now, we're guaranteeing you can get paid to close eight new clients in the next 30 days. That's right. If you'd like to chat with our team about how you can get paid to close, click the link beneath this episode. Let's get to work. Let's get to work.